Welcome to Resting Witch Face, your one-stop haunt for all things spooky, bitchy, buffy, and more. I'm Bailey Bennett. I'm Grant Jacoby, and we've come to the conclusion of our eight-episode Buffy recap moment, Mm -hmm. which in true number one fan status means that it's one episode longer than... (laughs) The amount of seasons that there were. <laughs> Absolutely. And we were just so great. And I actually are in the same place right now. So huge. Um, having a great little day. And we, as we've just been saying, like, this is the conversation that Grant and I would, would be having right now, regardless of if yeah. microphones were on or not. So really nice of you guys to, to sort of drop in here to what we'd normally be doing. But we were reminiscing about just how long we've we talked about each season of this television series so if you did listen to all one one hour and 24 minutes of us talking about season six i you're a better person than i am you know yeah this is like the podcast version of an escape room and you've made Mm. it to the final test Mm -hmm. i've never done an escape room so i don't know how it works but (laughs) um, seems like something i'd be on brand for you I think so. I don't love the idea as someone who can get like claustrophobic in like certain situations. I don't love the idea of like being in a room and like not being able to leave. Yeah, no, that's fair. If there was like a single stall bathroom where I could just like go to if I needed to like take a breather, then like sure. Sure. This is very off topic, but we I did do an escape room during COVID. Not that it's over. Um, for- I know. Isn't that always the strangest? I feel like this is always thing people will be like. During COVID, and it's like, what do you mean? Yeah, it's all COVID you mean now? all the time. Um, I did a virtual escape room for someone's birthday. Okay. And when I tell you this, it was, I thought it was going to be like, you just go to a website and then you just have to sort of click around to figure mm-hmm. out like how to get to different levels. This was no. us in a Zoom call with a, an extremely committed actor who was in a location with us for 90 minutes and it was it was like him in this like you know treasure room mm-hmm. and he would take the camera around and ask us what he what we wanted him to investigate you really got to respect the hustle of actors and actresses who are mm-hmm. a, a part of like any sort of reenactment 100% or where they need to play some sort of like murder mystery characters like those are the unsung heroes of the entertainment industry you're so right where are their oscars did we talk about when i I went to Savannah for a few days over the summer. Lovely town. Lovely. We did a we did one of those trolley tours that takes mm. you around the, you know takes you around the town shows you the historic sites. And what I was not expecting was the reenactment actors that were a part of that experience where we mm. would sort of stop on the side of the road and a man would come onto the trolley for about 90 seconds to give a monologue about how he was a pirate, you know, that sort of vibe where, and that was very perplexing to me because Mm -hmm. my first question would be like, if you're pursuing sort of a career in acting, then like Savannah, I would, I would say is not, not the entertainment capital of the world. No, but you know, if you're a local and you've Mm -hmm. got your, you know, niche, you know, everyone's got to build a resume somehow. What is your experience with 
um, like haunted houses and people who work at haunted houses and like that sort of interaction. Well, I think I've talked about this on this podcast before. I'm sure. I, I'm not like a huge haunted house person normally, but the one year that I went to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal mm. Orlando, those are like extremely, never been. those are extravagant yeah. like experiences and they really, you know, they have very like highly trained people working in mm-hmm. those establishments. So that was less of like a secondhand embarrassment for me. Like these people were like very committed and, and like was like, we're like legitimately scary, you know? Yeah. I, I like a good haunted house every once in a while. I don't like being touched. So I will never no, do one of those no. ones where you have to sign a waiver for no. that. I, I went to a haunted house in Salem a couple of years ago that I really appreciated because it was like a whopping three minutes long. I love that. But it was really scary. And what Mm -hmm. I learned about myself in that moment is when I'm confronted by like someone in a clown mask with a chainsaw that my natural fight or flight instinct is to scream. No, thank you. (laughs) How polite. Yeah. I'm a very, very polite (laughs) screamer. Anyway, why did we start talking? This is a this is a podcast about Buffy. Oh shit! Yeah, you're right. We've done a really good job this season of not meandering. I mean, we meandered uh, within the topic yeah, of within Buffy the, within the parameters of the scope. <laughs> but, um, um, no, but this okay. So this episode is just going to be us again, just sort of continuing to talk about Buffy. But we do have some listener questions that we want to address. So we have um, a, a few things that we didn't get to complete over the course of the rest of the episodes. Um, I will say that thank you guys so much for your questions. I didn't write down who asked all of these questions, nor did we ask people if it was okay to say their names. So I'm just going to say someone asked each of these questions, but we appreciate you. Yeah. I mean, it it gets tricky when you get into that sphere because yeah, either someone doesn't want Mm -hmm. their personal handle being out there. And also someone's handle will be like, Comfort 92 <laughs> and you're like all right all of these questions are coming at us from comfort 92 <laughs> spoiler alert it's me um okay yeah so let's let's get into it one of the first questions i have here that i think is interesting and we talked about this a little bit but can you give more recommendations for shows to watch after you finished buffy that are mm. maybe in the same vein mm-hmm. i know we mentioned veronica mars which i think is a very good yep. like slow descent off of Buffy if you're in need of something. Yeah, again, if you like your lead characters blonde Mm -hmm. and spunky and who are quick on their feet and get the job done. Yeah. And just a great ensemble, too. Yes. Not as core of an ensemble, but I guess by the end of it, you really have your Logan Wallace. I wish that Mac had been in the fourth season. I know. Also, what... I'm... Still suing mad. Hulu. Yeah, I know. Are we getting more? Who knows? What was the point? I don't know. We can't. I don't want to spoil anything for yeah, anyone sorry. who hasn't watched Veronica Mars. But anyway, um, oh God, another I think, suggestion. I think True Blood is a natural mm-hmm. recommendation. I mean, clearly you have the the vampire subject matter, and like yes. tonally, it's very different. But it's the same sort of thing, which is like my favorite genre of television in general is sort of like a a drama with supernatural elements that raise the stakes and as and like you know there's like a love triangle involved and like that's exactly Mm -hmm. sort of what true blood is 
Yeah. I've always really loved it. It gets bad, but... Yeah, I'm not going to lie. There was this pattern of shows that I watched that I really, really liked when they started, and I literally got to the final season. The same thing happened with, like, Mad Men, mm-hmm. and... No, I watched all of Dexter, but where, like, I would watch, like, the first, like, five out of ten episodes, mm-hmm. and I'd just be like, I can't even finish this. Yeah. Is that how you were with True Blood? Yeah, I know how it ends, mm-hmm. and I just kind of was just like, I don't know, what's the point? But I'd say the f- season one is, like, god tier, one of the best... At least I haven't rewatched it in a minute, but I do remember thinking like this is one of like the best first seasons of any show I've ever seen. I thought I the, the mystery really was so good. Yeah. Um, and I feel like they were like, like they hadn't sunken into their just kind of like slutty campiness. Mm-hmm. In it. Like at a certain point, it was just like, let's watch these vampires fuck. In a pool of blood. In a pool. <laughs> let's let's blood. just twist this bitch's head <laughs> all the way around. Um, yeah. So I really, I really enjoyed that first season, and I think it was season four with the witch, witches. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a shocker. Really liked. Yeah. Um, never did Vampire Diaries. Never no. got into. I feel like that's kind of like the no. diet. True Blood. I tried. I tried I, to. I, I probably I got the first like five or six. Like sorry, I know, like no, like those spinoffs are like still on these I think- days. I have two more that I would say. I yeah. think Roswell is fun. Mm-hmm. The original Roswell is if because it if it's the same. It was on at the same period of time from like 1999 to 2001. So it has the same sort of like, you know, throwback campiness mm-hmm. to it. It's not as good as Buffy, but this yeah. it's about it's it's you know similar sort of supernatural vibes where we've got. Our main, some of our main players are aliens, and some of our main players are humans who've fallen in love with aliens. Um, pretty fun. And then, sorry. Oh, I was just say that. So I'm, I haven't gone through yet, but I'm in the midst of a Roswell rewatch, and it's yeah. I think if you go in with like the grain of salt of like, like imagine if you took like a thirty second scene of Angel and Buffy like looking longingly at each other and expanded it over forty two minutes. Yep. Um, that's sort of what you've got. You know, any any time that you have Sherry Appleby, just look at Jason Bear and say, mm-hmm. Max. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, that's what that show is a lot. Yeah. And you do start, you have, a, I think there's a, quite a few um, actor crossovers. Speaking of which, <laughs> little sidebar, when I first arrived to record today, I was gifted the lovely Christmas present from Bailey of oh, a cameo yeah. from Julie Benz. AKA um, Darla. Um, which was so a, a true treasure. And I was saying, I was like, you should have also thrown out there that we were fans of Roswell. Cause she does have like a seven episode You're right. arc on season one of that. Um, but yeah, continue. The other one I was going to suggest that's more of a modern, modern suggestion is, um, the series, the magicians. Did you ever watch this? No, it's not really similar to Buffy. <laughs> which is the point of the question, but <laughs> the the thing that I've, I, I know I've talked about this show before it's, it was on the sci-fi network. Uh, but the thing that I like, it's, it's, it's sort of like a grown up Harry Potter. We've got like yeah. all of our characters are in like magical, like grad school basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that I loved about that show was that like, there was the way that queerness was involved in some of our main mm. characters. And you had like a very sort of like traditional hero who ended up being bisexual, um, but I don't like how, I don't like what they did with the last season of the show, but I, I, I did really enjoy a lot of what I saw of it. Yeah. I'm struggling to think of some recommendations cause, but I will, I will say, I think that if you, if you like Buffy or any show, look at the writing staff and the like producers and see what other shows they work on. Yeah. So I will say that like, 
I mean, obviously, Joss Whedon is very problematic, but he does have a, a decent canon of body of work. Obviously, there's Firefly. Mm-hmm. Um, Dollhouse is super fun, especially mm-hmm. if you like some Eliza Dushku. It was unfortunately canceled after two seasons, but I think they knew that going in, had like into the, at least the second half of season two. So they do wrap the story up, which yeah. is which is nice. Um, and really, like honestly, I feel like anything like Marty Noxon has done feels mm-hmm. like a nice like similar similar vibe. But I, I mean, there's like Charmed. True. Very very similar. <laughs> yeah. I never really loved it though. I. Yeah, I would put that in the same category of Roswell in that it's like if you were there, it's fun. But I think if you if you if you were not there, going back to it like blind is a little bit like what am I watching? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So hopefully that's helpful. All right, just in general, a few people wanted us to talk about our favorite outfits on the series if there are any that come to mind off the top of your head yes i mean so many yeah i'm a big fan of this is a really random one but buffy's look in bewitched bothered bewildered Mm -hmm. when she's in that black top with the i think it's a leopard print skirt and she's got that like really straightened like white blonde hair i think she looks so so hot yeah i i can picture that exactly i also love her outfit in no i'm not gonna be able to remember what episode it is just describe it to me it she looks very ethereal it's like a white top that has like a white cami under it and then sort of like a sheer like long sleeve Uh on the top which i think is also in season three okay season three actually has a lot of good looks i'm also thinking of um i guess i really like a leather moment because obviously cordelia's look in the wish Mm -hmm. when she's in that kind of um that post xander breakup Mm -hmm. Kind of that like brown leather. Oh wait, the, the episode, reddish leather. The outfit I'm talking about is also in Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. Shut up! Oh my God. So we're, <laughs> so that was the pinnacle of that. I guess they just were like, this is an episode where we're going to make Buffy look super hot yeah. because she's like under this spell, and yeah. she looked really hot. I really like again a leather moment. I really like Buffy's red leather pants in Graduation Day Part One. Yeah, I love when Buffy in general starts to to dress like more sort of adults like in the later seasons where she's just wearing a lot of like yeah like black sweaters and like leather pants and leather coats where it it, where she takes on more of like almost like the faith persona Mm -hmm. as things get darker with the show she dresses in in more of that way and i think it's just like very cool yeah i i I do find myself like as i'm thinking in these moments really gravitating more towards the um really a hair moment a hair moment is really what what, what does it for me but I feel like, I mean, her look in the the pilot is super cute. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it looks like, but I remember it being cute. I was gonna say, I, <laughs> I think I, I I think she looks gorgeous in like all of Once More with Feeling. Mm-hmm. The, like, the like red number at the end, like her hair just looks incredible at that point in the series. Ooh, and even that like the kind of like, the white button down. Um, yeah, she also like weirdly love. Tara's outfit in that episode with the corset it's like so it's so random and like what was the point real renaissance fair realness um I don't really ever love Willow's outfits she looks pretty good in season seven I was gonna say by season seven she finally starts dressing like a an adult an adult (laughs) but (laughs) it's a lot of just kind of like earth tone jackets Mm -hmm. and jeans yeah um, I one other one that specifically came to mind was Joyce's outfit in um, Band Candy. 
Oh. When she like steals that sort of like uh-huh. coat. <laughs> With like the peacock feathers. Yeah, I think she looks hot. <laughs> she does. Also, it must be noted that her hair game was usually on point. Uh-huh. And then Giles as well in that episode, obviously. I mean, so hot. We've already spoken oh, about Oh, I it. mean, the okay, male fashion. I mean... Mm. Not that much. There's not, not that much. Not <laughs> much. Anytime... Oh, God. There was something about Giles's librarian aesthetic really does it for me. Like, Agreed. in those early seasons. Totally. With the, like, especially when the, when the jacket was off and, like, the suspenders mm-hmm. and just, like... Mm-hmm. Just like a billowy mm. shirt. Mm-hmm. I already, I was texting Grant earlier this week. If anyone is watching Ted Lasso, Anthony Stewart had, oh yeah, is on that show playing another character named Rupert, which is hilarious to me. He's kind of a villain in Ted Lasso, but he looks incredible. He looks too hot. It's not fair. Uh, yeah, I saw something. It was definitely one of the various. Buffy related to Instagram accounts that I follow that was like it was like you know that you're becoming an adult when you rewatch Buffy and you start lusting after Giles and not like uh-huh. <laughs> the other which is us last <laughs> last thing I'll bring up which I think that Grant hates when I bring up this particular outfit but like what about when when Spike wears that really tight blue sweater in season seven I think he looks so not good in that moment he I mean he doesn't look like himself because he's like putting on a costume but I think that James Marster's inarguably looks hot yeah i no, not to body shame by any stretch of the imagination because i think everyone has their their own aesthetic and what turns them on but like that kind of like slim muscular build doesn't really do it for me mm-hmm. so i think that just the highlighting of that i'm kind of just like all right i think he felt you know he filled out a little bit in season seven but he was like yeah. so 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 thin in season six mm-hmm. anyway god i feel like there's more where i'm missing but I mean, obviously, there's like a million, but you know, yeah. we're also ref- we're like referencing outfits that absolutely no one knows what we're talking about. <laughs> we're like, you know, like the white lacy top. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, okay. If you could be any character from Buffy, who would you be? Buffy. <laughs> Buffy uh-huh. or Willow? I mean, uh, shocker. I think it'd be fun. Like, okay, for how long am I being this person? Like forever? I I don't know. I think I'd like to be like Buffy for a day. Yeah. Just to like have those powers. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I would want the responsibility nor the like impending pressure of like my imminent death. Totally. Not that I'm a gay woman, but I think it would just be like fun to be Willow and to like have those powers and to be like super powerful. But like. I was going to say Willow because yeah, it's like less pressure than being Buffy. But the thing that I also love about Willow is that she her powers are self-made, which mm-hmm. I think I think that's one of the coolest parts about her character where it's sort of like she was just a quote-unquote average girl who like taught herself all of these things and became sure. as powerful as she was. So like... Yeah, I mean, I, I'd also... I mean, if we're going to be in my twilight years, I'd also rather be Giles. So true. <laughs> um, okay, LOL. If you were a vampire, how would you want Buffy to kill you? Um... Buffy can kill me however she wants. Yeah, I was going to say, like... like, It'd be an honor to be killed by Buffy. Honestly, whatever's most convenient for her. Absolutely. I mean, I think it could be, like, staking would be so classic. But it would be, you know, getting beheaded is sort of unique. She doesn't do that for just anyone. That's true. You know? Yeah, I would say, like, some sort of, like, improvisational staking. would Like, like a pool cue moment. Something where you're, when, like, in your last final moments, you're like... 
You're resourceful, girl. Yes. Good for you. I love that. Yeah, a steak, but it's not, but it's made out of, it's like a pencil. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a random twig. Yes. You know, she just, she had to think on her feet. I love that. Um, Okay, so this question is sort of specific, but I think can open up a little bit more of a conversation. Can you cover the scene in season seven where it's implied that Spike and Xander had banged at some point, probably when they lived in that basement together? Also, there's an argument that Spike was the romantic lead for Angel in Angel season five. So I think this is interesting. I mean, we've obviously touched on a lot of the like homo or erotic sort of relationships in this show. Mm -hmm. I don't think we've talked a lot about Spike and Xander specifically. Yeah, that one, I think, is a little, no offense, a little bit of a stretch, Mm because I think that, because I believe it's in the episode Beneath You, Uh where that one character is like, are are there any of you that haven't slept together? Uh And Spike and Xander share this kind of like, "Mm," like, Mm -hmm. look, Mm -hmm. which I totally understand, like, could be interpreted as like, oh, remember that time? But I think that's more of a... Queerness as a punchline. Yes, like, hee hee. Yeah. Gay is funny. Like, these two, like masculine boys I mean like whatever but yeah I mean I think that there's there's other instances that I think there's definitely like jealousy with Xander which like we've always you know you is you always assume is when, when he finds out that uh Spike and Buffy have been sleeping together that he's like jealous or he's angry at Buffy specifically for sp- sleeping with Spike but like you mm-hmm. could certainly interpret the other side of it as well that he has like some sort of possessive feeling over spike as well and like arguably there are two of the men in the series who have the closest relationship because there aren't a lot of relationships in the show between two men at all Mm -hmm. um but i think it is a bit of a stretch for that pairing specifically just because i think that xander is sort of homophobic versus like spike and angel we've talked about as being like very believable yes and unbelievable that they would have never slept together because of how long they've been alive and exactly. the fact that like they're i think that they them as beings are past that binary yes i would agree i think that xander is xander is the type of guy as we see on the show who would find out that someone is a lesbian and would either be like cool i could turn her mm-hmm. or when can i have a threesome with her and someone else which happens in restless basically i literally hate that scene so much <laughs> If for nothing else than the mouth noises that they insert when they just like, at that point, we're still not able to show Willow and Tara kissing. Yeah, I love that. foul. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that in regards to Angel season five, ooh, I watched that recently. I yeah, don't. like, you're going to have to take this one. I don't. Maybe it's in that season where they have the kind of like moments of implying that Angel and Spike during their kind of heyday as villains probably engaged in either some sort of vampire orgy with Drusilla and Darla and like maybe a dick slipped into someone else and like who's to say but yeah I I agree that they're the type of characters because they've been around so long and I've like seen so much that um I wouldn't be surprised especially when they were like their most evil that there would just be like well a hole is a hole (laughs) so true any hole is a goal um but yeah, I do think though that those elements were floated in there, not they were done so for comedic elements, which is disappointing, but not unsurprising given the times. Yeah. Okay. But there's a lot of fan fiction out there involving those two pairings. I will say I've read plenty of it of back course. in my back in the day. Absolutely. Back when porn was blocked on my family's computer. 
just got to log on to some sort of live journal. Oh, another one was, um, <laughs> sorry, this is, this is sort of too related is like Giles's potential sort of romance slash bromance with Ethan rain who we like, we like really didn't talk mm. about at all. I would, I would put that in a similar, like wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if there was some sort of homosexual experience, given the fact that they were like in London in like the seventies and eighties doing a lot of drugs. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think because their masculinity is such a sensitive thing mm-hmm. and, you know, obviously fragile in a lot of social contexts that like, <sighs> It's hard, it's hard to look at and dissect because it's like, are they rivals or do they want to fuck? Totally. Because both, both Spike and Angel and Ethan and Giles, it's kind of like the foil to one another. Whereas like with Buffy and like Faith, for example, there's much more of that. It's much more palpable, mm-hmm. I think, because it's easier to play up the enticing flirtatiousness because obviously two women together is hot, two men together, ew. Yes. And there's a fine fine line between hate and love mm-hmm. on the show in general. That is true. So I'm sure I'm, yeah, I'm sure you can make a case for any of those pairings in any regard, but that's kind of, those mm-hmm. are my thoughts on bullshit. So, okay. And one, one other question that we got, and I'll explain this a little bit was Buffy, Sarah Michelle Geller's apex mountain. So I don't know if apex mountain is a common term, but I know that it is used on the podcast the rewatchables. I don't know okay. if it's a ter- if it's a term that they've coined, but it basically means was this actor at the peak of their career during this particular piece of media. So was this Sarah Michelle Gellar's peak? I mean, yes. Yeah. But I also think it's worth noting that during her right arc on you know this nineteen ninety seven through two thousand three, you also had the I know you did last summer. You had Cruel Intentions. You had Scooby Doo, and just coming off of this, you had her in The Grudge, mm-hmm. and I think that and all, Scream Two, right? And Scream Two, <laughs> simply irresistible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, so I think it's more like that time period. So yes. maybe it's not just not just Buffy, but the fact that she was doing all of these other things. It was also, you know, she's in her, a relationship with Freddie Prince Jr., which, mm-hmm. which means that she's like in all the tabloids. That's a very public celebrity relationship. Yeah, um, for sure. This was her apex, you know, just before we started recording this, Bailey and I were talking about like, oh, like, why aren't more Buffy actors working Mm -hmm. these days? And particularly Sarah Michelle Gellar, we're like, is she too recognizable, like as Buffy the Vampire Slayer Mm -hmm. to be getting more gigs? And I do think a lot of it comes down to the fact that she's really, I think, just loving her life being a mom. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she's done some, some pilot work that hasn't really gone anywhere. But there definitely was, it was... It was unfortunate being a fan. And like, I remember like when the grudge did really, really well, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my God, like she's killing it. Let's like post Buffy era. And it just like, didn't really materialize into anything. You know, yeah. she did some other kind of lame horror films. And I almost think that she could have leaned into this kind of scream queen mm-hmm. element and ran with it. And I think she chose not to, which like totally respect like that she, I think she tried to escape that branding, but you never know. Yeah. All it takes is one more gig to. She's also like literally like 44. Like we're talking about her. Like, <laughs> so she's, she's, like dead. she's like near death. Like <laughs> she's got, she's got a lot of her career left. So we'll see what she does next. Okay. Well, here just uh, to throw in a question of my own. What was Allison Hannigan's apex moment? Well, mountain. 
I unfortunately think that it probably was How I Met Your Mother. I know, which just feels blasphemous. But like, just, it just, but, well, it depends on how you're, it, it sort of depends on how you're defining that. Because, so we're saying like when they were at the peak of their powers. And I think I would say that like, Mm. How I Met Your Mother is when she was probably most famous and recognizable to the average person because that was just a more like broadly viewed and popular yeah. show. But I think she was at the height of her acting abilities when she was on Buffy. Like, I think that is probably the best work that she's ever done. Oh, five, sure. Um, it is interesting to me, though, that of that, those main five on that show, she really is the one that also like the one that like, didn't really go anywhere beyond yeah. that. I mean, like good for her for booking two extremely popular shows back to back. But right. since I met your mother, I mean like, I don't think she's a household name in the same way that like, you know, Patrick Harris or Jason Siegel and like, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate. Well, what's interesting is like argue the person who has by far worked the most after Buffy is David Boreanaz. David I mean, Boreanaz has been a series regular on a television program since 1997 yes like and he probably his apex was um bones for sure and now he's on like seal team or Mm -hmm. something yeah but like yes he (laughs) continues to be on prime time like every single night (laughs) i think is he he fits in kind of that like hot guy but like has seen some shit sort of vibe I don't. I never. I never watched Bones. No. I don't. I can't really comment. No, I've seen like maybe like three episodes. It. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was on for like nine seasons or something. Really, like, really long time. And he's he's also like has, he's like hot, but in a still like sort of attainable, relatable mm-hmm. way where you're like, I'm, I'm. This is a likable person. Like it's not. He's not sort of like in the stratosphere of of hotness. For sure. Um. I mean, good for him. Yeah. I mean, and even you know, to varying degrees of whatever but i mean charisma carpenter's mm. been been working mm-hmm. a lot of lifetime movies but mm-hmm. you know what good for you i already you... talked about last week i talked about db woodside mm-hmm. playing like being in the main cast of lucifer which is one of netflix's most popular shows ever the, the really? millions and millions and millions of people that watch that series sorry not to go back I know we talked about this before and we've suggested it, but also if you're looking for a, a recommendation, not that it is tonally any similar to Buffy, but watch Sense8. Oh yeah. Just watch it. Just watch it. In general. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so one more thing I want us to answer and then we have like a special little activity to okay. sort of close this out. I think that we should do our season rankings. Ah, uh, Yes. Which I'm like, I'm already, I'm like sweating thinking about this because I think that after all of this, I'm still like not going to change what my rankings were before. But you go first because I like need to think about it for a second. Well, I was thinking thinking we can kind of go like back and forth. Yeah. Okay. That's fun. Because I think then we can see where we agree and where we diverge. You want to start with our favorite? Yeah. Okay. Five. Five. Without a doubt. I mean, I think that... I mean, go. you can go listen to episode five where we just talk about how it's the greatest of all time for an hour. But I really do think that's kind of like they really hit the sweet spot. I don't know why I mean, need to convince you. but I think you're totally right. Well, what's your... Okay, so what's your what's in your number two spot? Three. That's probably the right answer, but why is mine still six? Okay, so this, again, this is where we're going to diverge the most. I think it's important, though. Or we're, we're talking about like our favorite seasons, right? Yeah. It doesn't need to be not best, best. not objectively best. This is the, this is the thing that I I find myself struggle the most whenever, I mean, like I love doing any sort of ranking. It's like one of my favorite things Mm -hmm. Um, is like the difference between like what is objectively like the best of something and Mm -hmm. what is your favorite. And Mm -hmm. I don't think those have to be mutually exclusive. Right. Um, 
and again, I did in this most recent rewatch. It was like the first time I really just like uninterrupted watch all it all the way through, and I found myself really changing my opinions on certain things because that unfortunately season six got the brunt of that of like in the negative category, mm-hmm. but I totally understand respect it because when that season was airing, I, that was like peak obsession for me. So mm-hmm. I, I totally get it. Yeah. Okay. I just think that it, a lot of elements have aged poorly in that season and it just is such a like trudge to get through in mm-hmm. terms of some of its like more bleaker elements. Mm-hmm. But since you're a spuffy stand, like of course season six is going to be. Your, yeah, like, it makes sense. And it's like, the fact that once more the feeling is in season six, like really does. Yes. And it's really only like a few episodes that are so important to me in season six, but it still like trumps other seasons for mm-hmm. me. Um, but I do have season three in the third place spot. Yeah. Season three. Season th- what I love about season three is what sets it apart from season two. Cause I think tonally they're very similar. Mm-hmm. Is that season two is really bogged down with the monsters of the week. Yeah. Whereas that just like aren't aren't fun. Mm-hmm. They're not interesting. Like, mm-hmm. but season three has a lot of monster of the week that are really fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of like band candy and homecoming and you know the wish double yeah. land like all that stuff that like you could take out and it wouldn't change the arc of the sh- series. Um, but just are just so much fun to watch. Yeah, totally. What's in your number three spot? Two. Yeah. So I I've got. I think I used to rank two above three, which I think mm-hmm. is sort of. Incorrect. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to now say I, I agree. five, six, three, two for me. I'm going to put two in the fourth spot because I do. I still love season. I, I love the overarching narrative of season two so much. And the introduction of Spike and Drusilla obviously is like extremely important to me and mm-hmm. all of it culminating and becoming like, I think that is still such a powerful season, but there is so much like bullshit in There's between a lot of like season three is just back to front like m- much more consistent yeah bangers just like yeah. hit after hit after hit yeah season two is in my third spot still because i think for those exact exact reasons where it's like the overall arc is so strong and i think like it's kind of those moments where like they did what they had to do mm-hmm. and they really you know they gave the people not what they wanted but what they needed in yeah. terms of having you know angel become jealous and I also think there's something very nostalgic to me, even though I didn't, this wasn't what I watched first, but of the high school era, like just kind of this, like there was something very magnetic and electric about just kind of the, the Sunnydale high mm-hmm. vibe. Sure. But I guess, in, so you've done your fourth. Yeah. What's your fourth spot? Seven. T. Yeah. So. I mean, you're not wrong. Seven is, I think the, an underappreciated season and. I think Chosen is one of my favorite episodes of all time. And while there is a lot of kind of that, yeah, like as we discussed last week, like the potential, like blah, 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 it definitely like slogs a bit, Mm -hmm. but there's something very vibrant about this kind of like, all right, we're getting to the end Mm -hmm. and like we're building to something. And they just, it feels adult in a different way than season six where season six is like, oh my God, being an adult is like crushing. Mm -hmm. And season seven feels like being an adult can be powerful. Mm -hmm. Not that I would know. So true. <laughs> no, I have five, I have um I have seven in my number five spot, um which we already talked a, a lot about how like season seven is probably better than people normally say it is. Which I I really don't get, and I don't know if it's just because 
I don't, I don't, I, please let us know. Why don't you like season seven? Mm-hmm. And maybe, or does everybody just like season seven and we're wrong? But I feel like there's been a lot of discourse in the fandom about how people are pretty divided about that. I think season. it's like the most divisive, not, sorry. It's not the most divisive in some, in terms of discourse. It's divisive in the sense I feel like people feel like really kind of neutral, kind of like, yeah, about it, which right. like, there are a lot of really fun episodes and Again, I'm I'm a big you know believer of it, the ends justify the means, and like mm-hmm. you can get through some episodes that aren't as like it's not a very fun season, right? It's not fun, yeah. It's kind of just like a long arc of how to kind of complete this story, mm-hmm. which I think they do so well, and they really do justice to the entire series. So yeah, maybe. So what's your number five spot? Oh, you're gonna be mad. I, I mean, if you, I, I I mean yeah, okay, go ahead. I'm gonna say four. I think that's not. A, I think that's an incorrect. Take. Yeah, this is this is a really really hot take because I know season four is categorically in the bottom two, if not the mm-hmm. bottom spot. Mm-hmm. There's oh god, do I? I don't even know if I'm agreeing with it as I'm saying. Because it right I now. think here's the thing: it's like season four does have a few really great episodes, like Hush and mm-hmm. like Fear itself, but six, I think just as a whole, like, has so much more to chew on. Like, the overarching arc of season four being, like, the battle with Adam versus season six being Dark Willow. Like, it's just, like, to me, is there's, like, no comparison. Okay, so to to be candid, I'm going back and forth between my fifth and sixth spots or four and six. Yeah. Because I do agree with you. The problem I have is, and again, this is just from my most recent rewatch, because, again, the... You might be right. I can I can put sex in my fifth spot if for nothing else the fact that it was one of the it was the first season I watched live. Yeah, I will always like have like the nostalgic elements for that. Mm-hmm. I just really struggled with how long it takes us to get to Dark Willow. Not that I feel like you should have gotten to her sooner, mm-hmm. but it's just so much bullshit with Warren that you're just like, mm-hmm. oh god. And especially yeah. like, I actually do think that like Buffy's depression is handled in a realistic way. Mm-hmm. In that she's going through a very traumatic time, those around her don't know how to support her. Like that feels like a relatable, tangible, albeit like a difficult thing to swallow, but like fine. It's for me, it's really kind of like the other elements that I find like a little clunky. Like as we talked about, like Willow's descent into like magic becoming a metaphor for drugs or alcohol, like abuse felt really thin. And it just, and seeing red and the scene of sexual assault again, did not it, it feel, I feel like they were adding elements just to create suffering and not to actually serve the purpose of yeah. And with Xander and leaving Anya at the the altar, it just feels like it's just nonstop, just pain. like pain, <laughs> like no, chose, absolutely chose violence at every corner. So, but I will give you the fact that once more with feeling is arguably the best episode of the series. I have a lot of nostalgia for that season. Sarah Michelle Gellar does some like re- mm. across the board. There's a lot of really strong acting mm-hmm. done that season, and it does culminate in. I was, you know what? I'm gonna eat my own words. I said that sometimes the end justifies the means. And I do think that you get a really good arc with Dark Willow, so I'll put I'll put six at my fifth spot. You Thank convince you. me. Yeah, and then I have four one. Yeah, in my last two, and I think like putting season one in last place like seems harsh, but I think it's not that it's like a really bad season. It just feels so small. It feels small, and I do think it kind of falls under the category of, you know, some of my favorite TV shows have had kind of rough first seasons. Mm-hmm. Like, The Office first season is yeah. painful. Parks and Rec first season is painful. So bad, yeah. And it's almost like if someone were coming to me and saying, hey, I really want to 
watch Buffy? Should I start from the beginning? I would say yes. Yeah. But push come to shove. If you started with season two, episode one, mm-hmm. you would understand what was happening going forward. And I also think yeah. by season two, they really settled into the groove of how these characters talk. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think season one, there's still that kind of like, we don't really know what our show yeah. is yet. Yeah. We're still living in this like more of like, over-the-top campy B-movie kind of coming off of the original film, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, like, you could pluck season one out of there and there would be no consequences. Yeah, you're not wrong. So I, 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 I do think that, because I, I, I feel similarly, and, like, whenever I've ranked season one, the lowest it feels like, oh, that's an easy, like, meh. Because mm-hmm. there are some really great episodes. Like, the pilot and Welcome to Hellmouth is, like, yeah. like or sorry, the Welcome to Hellmouth. And the Harvest. Is the Harvest, which mm-hmm. is the pilot, is a really strong pilot. And, mm-hmm. you know... It just also feels like overall the stakes are really low. Yeah. Like the master just totally doesn't in the grand scheme of things is not that exciting of a villain. Like you can establish like that Buffy and Angel are, are you know, star crossed lovers yeah. by season two. I don't know. Yeah. We're in agreement. I'm just <sighs> great spewing. <laughs> All right. Last, last thing that I, I want to do, which is like a fun little activity. I gave Grant a little bit of a heads up on this. So, what I want to do is is a character draft between the two of us. So the way that I foresee this going is like basically we go back and forth and we're each trying to choose a group of six characters that make up our quote unquote perfect Buffy cast. So obviously we can only once a character has been taken by the other person, then I cannot have that character um i'm gonna flip a coin to decide who goes first because obviously i think that's gonna be pretty important um but basically we have a list of characters who have appeared in at least 15 episodes of the series so you have your list up grant sure do okay do you want heads or tails tails heads all right okay so i'm gonna go first should we should we read the list of who these characters are go for it okay so we've got buffy willow xander giles Spike, Anya, Tara, Joyce, Cordelia, Angel. Oh, Tara's on here twice. Wow. Oz, Riley, (laughs) Jonathan, Andrew, Faith, Principal Snyder, Drusilla, Warren, Harmony. And we've got to get six. Yep. Great. All right. You go first. Okay. Well, I feel like I can't do anything but take Buffy. Yeah. It's your right. Okay, great. So I'm going to mark that as mine. Okay. Um, She's sort of an important piece of a a perfect Buffy cast. Yep. Um, I'll take Willow. Okay. Okay, I'm definitely going to take Spike. I'm going to take Cordelia. This is working out for me. Yeah. I want Giles. Fuck. <laughs> I'll take Anya. Okay. I'm just going to pick women. Let's be, <laughs> let's be honest. Okay, this is... Now I'm at an interesting turning point. You are. So to recap, that went really quickly. I have <laughs> Buffy... Spike and Giles, a, a perfect lineup so Ooh, far. I want to change mine. It's too late. My third one. Can I change my third one? Who did you just pick? Anya? Anya. Okay, you can change it. Can I have faith? Sure. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I've got Buffy, Giles, and Spike, and Grant looked so distraught in that moment, has Willow, Cordelia, and Faith. So... Who the fuck am I going to take now? I don't want any of these people. Yes, I do. Okay. Um, this is... I don't know why I'm struggling now. Maybe I will take Anya. Okay. I respect that. I gave it up. Okay. I'll take Tara. Okay. 
let's let's get these lovers back together sweet yeah in your perfect version of the show <laughs> um i'm gonna take drusilla i do think they're the couple i ship the hardest though like dead ass right willow and tara yeah let's call spade a spade <laughs> I, well, I feel like we're always like you I mean, ship buffy and angel i ship spike and buffy i'm like no i ship willow and tara that's yeah like, no i ship spike and buffy yeah. but that's nice for you <laughs> <laughs> okay so wait so now i've got five you've got four so you've got two more <sighs> this is a weird one i'm gonna take andrew okay i want my girls and my gays <laughs> you know who's still on the table obviously angel Oh, shit. <laughs> he doesn't fit into this this narrative. He doesn't fit in here. He doesn't fit we in don't here. Need him. So well, I you know what him. I really don't need again. I don't need an Angel Cordelia romance. I'm sorry for you, Angel. Yeah. Fans out there. Yeah. I can't. I cannot get behind it. I think it's one of the f- most forced. Mm-hmm. It goes nowhere. F- spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. They never actually like really get together. But like, you cannot convince me that they fell in love. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're so, right. You're right. I will not endorse anything in that nature. Okay, this is my last pick. I think this is controversial, but I think I'm going to take Oz. Oh, that's cute. I love him. A pure boy. Yeah. Okay, then you pick yours and we'll recap. I mean, I, I think... <sighs> this is hard. There's not a lot of great characters left on the table. Well, I'm going to take Harmony. Great. Okay, I love that. Girls and the gays. Girls and gay. <laughs> well, I guess, no, well, well, well the girls yeah. are also gays. Yes. So I've got Buffy, Giles, Spike, Anya, Oz, and Drusilla. That's fun. Perfection. That's very fun. That's very fun. There's a lot that you can do with that. Yeah. Okay. And then Grant has Willow, Tara, Cordelia, Andrew, Faith, and Harmony. That's I mean, good. Uh, I'm talking about like a road movie. Yes. Like this, these six, like in a van traveling they're, across. They get the Winnebago from season yes. five. Yeah, fuck yeah, they do. <laughs> and cause like, okay. So my, my logic is like, you've got Willow and Tara lovers. You've yeah. got Cordelia as like still, um, source of humor, but also I'll, I'll, I'll allow her emotional growth on angel harmony, simply comedic, comedic relief. relief, Andrew comedic relief, but like we gay. can gay. <laughs> And then you've got Faith, badass, also probably a little Protecting guy. the yeah. group. Yeah. Oh, God. Ooh, I'm turning myself on. Yeah, I'd like, watch, I'd watch both of these series. Yeah, we should. We, we've got notes for, yeah. from Marty. Where's <laughs> yeah. Marty? What, okay, so that's that's my... What, what's, what's your cast doing? What happens what's in What's happening mine? in your season one? Okay. Well, I think... This is tough. Mine, mine is mine is tougher. You've got the Island of Misfit Toys a little bit. I do a little bit. Yeah. So we've got like at least we have Buffy and Spike being able to continue their sexual relationship, mm-hmm. and like and and Giles is sort of like the the dad. the dad yeah. of being like okay kids like <laughs> calm down. I know you guys are boning all the time. You're so in love, but like we've got work to do. Mm-hmm. And then on we've got Anya there for for my comedic relief. Yes, that's well, then, that's why I didn't want to have Anya and Cordelia. Yep. Cancel each other out. Yes. And then we have Oz is sort of like the mastermind of the operation. So he's he's sort of like he's keeping the books, keeping yeah. keeping people in in check. And then um Drusilla is just like sort of in a corner like looking for a bird, you know. Yeah. Or or is she the main villain? <laughs> she 
no, she's in my, no, in my version of this, she's she's in the Scooby Gang, okay. but she's oblivious and and she doesn't really know what's going on. Yeah, she's she's in a different TV series, but on the series. And w- every once in a while, maybe they have you know Buffy and Spike and Drusilla have a threesome. Mm. Would in your this television show of yours, mm. could there be a potential of Oz and Anya becoming an item? Interesting. Like the actual good straight that. male. Okay. I, I I don't I don't see them together. No. I could see I could see I could see Anya and Drusilla fucking. I think they're mm. probably fucking because I think Anya is a queer woman. Yeah. I just like the idea of Anya being resurrected and being like Xander Harris hoomst. Oh, I mean, needless to say, Xander left yeah. on the board. <laughs> Xander left on the board. Angel left on the board. Principal Snyder Riley left, on the, left on the board. <laughs> Principal Snyder, Warren left on the board. God, yeah, all the toxic men. I guess we, they said no. Thank, no, thank you. you. I mean, I'm I'm at peace with that. Me too. Sorry, Joyce. Oh well. I mean, she's she was never the most exciting piece no, of this. And I honestly feel like they killed her off because it's at a certain point. She didn't. We didn't need her anymore. We didn't need her. We needed to, the characters needed to grow without her. Mm-hmm. Wait, we forgot Dawn. Yeah, she should have been on this list. But well, like, she wouldn't have got was picked. one of us going to pick Dawn? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the absolute chaos of the cast. It's like Dawn, Xander, Principal Snyder, <laughs> Joyce, <laughs> Warren. Ooh, ew, ew. Yeah, Is Principal canceled. Snyder really in that many episodes? I guess. I mean, he was around for the first three seasons. Yeah. Anyway, all right. I think, I think that about does it. I mean, like yeah. we've talked ad nauseum about this television show at this point, and we, we will continue have. to do so for the rest of yeah. our fucking lives. <laughs> yeah, it definitely feels. You know. You know what? Maybe one day, if you finish Angel, we could do an episode on Angel. But uh-huh. I, I don't see that happening no in the next. Their breath. Yeah, three to five business years. Yeah. Well. Um, but thank you guys so much for, for tuning in to this season. Like it has been truly the utmost pleasure for us to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, a real passion project. Yeah. We've a the time of project. our lives. Um, we, we did want to say that, you know, nothing definitive yet, but we are working on a return of some of our sort of more normal resting which face fair in 2022 um and hopefully we can let you guys know a little bit more of what that looks like yeah you know right on brand we're gonna make some promises with some really vague details we'll talk around what that might look like but you know we love we love doing this podcast and we love being able to chat with you guys and you know share our love for spooky shit Mm -hmm. um so yeah, stay stay tuned. We will hopefully have more you know updates in the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much, and we love you. Yeah, stay safe out there. Get vaccinated. Yeah, stay vaccinated, mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. Um, bye, bye, bitches. bitches. <laughs>